Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. We're going to have a great morning. Um, my little section this morning is in two parts. For those of you that have come to hear Lynn, don't worry, she will be coming up. But I'll be speaking first. I'm just going to set a bit of a platform for her. And um, we have a very wonderful, God-honouring life story for you to hear about today. Ah, This year in ladies' groups, we've been studying the book of James. And it's been a lovely, slow journey. Who likes slow journeys? I'd like to like slow journeys, but I'm a bit of a, those of you who know me, a bit of a like, come on, come on, come on. So it is taking us a long time to get through James, but we are loving it. And when you do things slowly, like a um, slow cooker, I think it gets more flavour, don't you think? Slow cooker versus microwave, mm, slow cooker anytime for taste. So we're just meandering through James. And look, the book of James, if you've never read the book of James, it's in the New Testament. You'll find it positioned after the book of Hebrews. It's one of the most practical books you could ever read. If you've never read any other books in the Bible, try the book of James. It's about everyday practical living. And um, it talks about taming our tongue, how we use words to build people up. It talks about how we combat trials and temptations, how we deal with all sorts of things about not boasting and playing favourites, all these really everyday things. You'll be amazed at what's in there. But I would like you to turn to that book if you have an old-fashioned paged Bible or you have an iPhone version or whatever you've got. Turn to the book of James with me. And we're going to have a look at the very first bit of James. And it starts like this, James chapter 1, verse 2, straight off the mark says this, consider, it. if you could put the screen up, that'd be fantastic. I've got two versions up there on the next one. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And in the message... It reads like this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colours. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. It's an amazing scripture, isn't it? I don't know about you, But that's not necessarily my first reaction when I'm facing a trial. You beauty! Woohoo! Trouble again! No, that's not how we usually react, is it? So it's kind of a strange way to look at a trial. But today I pray that your perspective on the trials and troubles in your life will be changed and you'll begin to look at them differently through the Word of God and see them as an opportunity to grow and mature in your faith. So before I start, let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for that your word has power and it is full of promise and hope. And as I speak this morning, Lord, may the words that come out of my mouth be yours. May every ear be open and heart be open to what you would want to say to us this morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, 
This passage here in James speaks of trials of many kinds. So what are trials? I think trials are like speed bumps in the road. They're troubles or challenges, problems that come our way in life that can slow us down. They can come in various ways, shapes and sizes, just like you and I. Look at the person next to you. They're not quite like you, are they? We're all different. All different shapes, sizes, trials and problems, just the same. They can look very different for all of us. It can be an unexpected medical diagnosis. could be financial problems, housing, housing issues, relationship stresses, a tragic loss, job or career challenges you might be facing, marriage crisis, parenting problems. Hands up if you've never had any of those, parents. <laughs> Health-related issues, addictions. Emotional or mental turmoil, just to name a few of the trials that you might find yourself in. But it's not what happens to us, but rather what happens in us and through us. It's our response which will determine how we come through the trials of life. Okay, did you all get that? Not what happens in us, to us, sorry, but what happens in and through us. I've heard it said that trials will make you either bitter or better. And if we live our life by God's word, then this verse certainly tells us that they're going to make us better, more mature if we can persevere. So there's a couple of things we need to know about trials. Firstly, that they're inevitable, that they will come. Not one of you here is immune to trials, okay? We're all going to come across them from time to time. And the thing is, we shouldn't be surprised when they come in our lives, whether we're Christian or not. Jesus himself said this in John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So he knew. He knew we were going to come across all sorts of stuff in our life, but he gives us that promise that he has overcome and we too can overcome when we walk with him. Trials are inevitable. They're unpredictable. You never know when they're going to come your way. And they come when we least expect them, don't they? They can catch us off guard or they can slowly develop over a period of time, seeming like maybe that storm. We used to live in Fisherman's Bay and I used to watch the storms come in over the water and sometimes it would just be like a really dark cloud there and you'd watch it come closer and closer until it kind of hit on you. Sometimes storms are like that in your life. They just slowly creep up on you. But I think the ones that catch us off guard are the ones that really can, can really slow us down. But believe it or not, trials have a purpose or a value, giving us an opportunity to grow in our faith. And that's probably the main thing we need to grab hold of today, that trials have a purpose, okay? Do you know what? We never learn faith in comfortable surroundings. When life's cruisy, we kind of just go a bit on autopilot, don't we? Just going through the motions of life, you know, everything's pretty cool and, yeah, God's there, but, you know, yeah, I've got everything pretty sorted. But when a tough time comes, things begin to spin out of control and we start to feel a little bit unstable. Faith is not a sense, a sight or a reason, but it's simply taking God at his word. That's what faith is, taking God at what he says. And during the trials of life is when we learn to stand on God's word, and believe the promises he makes to us, okay? So if you have a great trial in your life today, don't acknowledge it as a defeat. Instead, continue continue to claim faith and victory through him, who he's able to make you more than a conqueror. 
Okay, it's not a defeat. If things aren't going well in your life, if you are having parenting problems or your marriage is in crisis, you're not a failure. You haven't been defeated. You've just come up against a trouble and a trial. But you can be victorious. You can be a conqueror. That's the stuff we've got to really get into here and not just fall apart every time something happens in our lives. Do you know that God equips us for his service during the trial? He's preparing you. So if you're going through stuff at the moment and it's really tough, guess what? He's preparing you. He's got a great plan for your life. He's got a great purpose and he's just working it in you. He's stirring you, preparing you. Okay, so see how your mentality begins to change. They're not bad. Trials are good. He's preparing us. And who doesn't want to be used by God? I know I do. Okay, I love this quote by a guy called George Mueller. He says this, The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Anxiety and faith, hard to have them there together. You're either in one or the other. Our natural reaction to a time of trial can be to freak out, panic, and go into a spin. I don't know if that's happened to you when something has hit you from left field. You're like, whoa, what's going on? However, when we have a relationship with Jesus, we can harness the grace and power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. He can help comfort us and guide us forward, very much like a sailor does with the wind. He harnesses the wind and he uses the wind to move forward. We too can do that when we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So what can we do when we find ourselves in one of these storms or trials? The Apostle Paul gives us some pretty good advice. This is a guy, his life was pretty well much one big trial. When you look at his um, writings in the New Testament, he was beaten many times, he was shipwrecked, he was imprisoned. Most of his letters he wrote in the New Testament were from prison. But he could still say this, and if we look in Philippians 4, there's a passage of scripture here I want to look at. And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, a lot of you know that scripture, but do you really know it? Do you really know it? Do you really know what that peace he's talking about is? So a couple of things I'm just going to briefly touch on when we find ourselves in trial. First thing is rejoice. Consider it pure joy, James says. But there's one thing, we don't rejoice for the problem, but we can still rejoice in the midst of the problem. Okay, there's quite a difference. Oh, praise God, I've got cancer. Woohoo. No, I've got cancer, but do you know what? It's going to be okay. I have victory. I can stand with this. When you know that Jesus knows you and loves you, and then you also know something else, that he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. You're not alone. That scripture there in Philippians says, the Lord is near. So even though you're going through some stuff, God hasn't left you. He's with you right through it all. So what we've got to learn to do is keep praising God and not pull back. We have to lift up our heads because sometimes when we get ourselves in trouble, our head goes down and that's all we can see. All we can see is the stuff and the trouble that we would dig ourselves a pit sometimes and we stay there. But what we've got to learn to do is lift our head. We've got to learn to be thankful and grateful for all the good things that are in our life. Yeah, we've got some stuff going on, but there's also a lot of good stuff 
that's going on and sometimes we just have to get our focus off that and onto the good stuff. Be thankful, be grateful for what God's done for you in your life already. Sing out your praise and I reckon the more trouble there is, take it up a notch, okay? Sing out your praise, speak out those promises loud and clear. Eyes up, not down. And in Nehemiah in 8.22, we get this encouragement. It says this, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You've got to keep your joy, regardless of what's going on in life. We have to hold on to that joy, because that is our strength. So firstly, we try to keep your joy in amongst it all. Second one is pray. Don't just keep talking about your problem. Yes, we all have problems, and we want to talk about them to our friends and whatever, but... There's no power in just talking about it. Sometimes all it does when we talk about things is make it bigger, becomes a bigger mountain. We've got to learn to take it to God and pray about it, okay? He knows what you're going through anyway. And what we have to do, I think, sometimes when we're praying, and I've learned this over the years, when we're praying in the midst of a trial, is to try to focus on the problem or the difficulty you're praying about, but focus on God's supernatural strength to overcome the problem. So you can go into God and be praying and say, oh, God, why is this? This is happening, this is happening. He knows that's happening. He knows that. But we've got to turn our eyes to him and trust in his supernatural power that he can make a difference in that problem. Okay, so can you see the difference? Focus on God's power. Try putting Jesus between you and the problem. Every time you're going to prayer, instead of having that problem looming in front of you, try putting Jesus in between you and the problem, and then you'll begin to see him rather than the problem. Okay, knowing some key verses about what God's word says is so important when we hit the hard stuff in life. You know, and I don't know whether you have your favourite scriptures, but there's just a few here I've written that if you don't know many scriptures, just grab hold of some of these. You know, if you're struggling with your finances, the scripture that says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus is in Philippians 4.19. You know, if you're really worried about what's going on, greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. 1 John 4.4. Romans 8.28. And we know in all things God works for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose. You've got to remember these scriptures. You've got to stand on them. When you're in the heat of the moment and it's really tough, you've got to get this into your spirit that says, I know this is tough, but I know my God is going to come through, that he's going to work this for good. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Jesus has already won the victory. We are not defeated just because stuff starts to happen to us. And no weapon formed against me will prosper. I use this all the time. Isaiah 54, 17. When I see stuff going on in my own family, I'm not immune. Our family has stuff going on all the time. But I pray this. No weapon formed against me will prosper. No weapon formed against my children will prosper. No weapon formed against this church will prosper. Okay, that's what we've got to do, people. We've got to stand strong and pray. Pray for wisdom. What's God trying to teach you? In the midst of all your stuff, he's trying to tell you something. He's trying to teach you something. And if we would just stop long enough and listen and draw close to him, You can learn about yourself. What's he trying to teach you about yourself? What are you learning about Jesus? What's the Holy Spirit trying to whisper to you and show you? How about asking God to show you the next step to take 
Sometimes it can be so overwhelming when you're going through stuff and you just want to get out or you want to see the end. But maybe the best question is, God, what's the next step? What do you want me to do next? That might be an easier thing for you. Don't give up praying if nothing changes. Delayed prayers are not refusals. They just might not be in God's time yet. So don't give up. Say, oh, I've been praying about this for weeks, for months. Sometimes you've got to pray about it for years. Perseverance, remember? Perseverance, patience. That's what he's building into us. You know, if we just prayed and God just answered our prayers like this, we'd have no patience whatsoever. We'd have no perseverance, would we? So I think he's doing a work in you. If you're waiting, if you're waiting on something and you feel like you've been praying about something for a long time, don't give up. Just keep praying. Keep persevering. Your time will come. And the verse in James reminds us that we're being made complete. We're not lacking anything. Perseverance and patience are just two of the areas that we can grow in when we do wait upon God during these tough times. Maturity is all about becoming more like Jesus in every way. And if you look at the fruits of the Holy Spirit that we read about in Galatians 5.22, we can see them more clearly. And they speak of the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Who wouldn't want more of those character qualities? I do. And I was thinking about this. Well, I do. God, I want all of those. Well, guess what? I'm probably going to have to go through some tough stuff for God to work those in me. They're not going to happen when I'm cruising along and as I do bounce along in life. I'm not going to get them. It's when the rubber hits the road and the tough stuff happens. That's when I have to dig down deep and find the joy of the Lord. And I've got to love someone who's not very lovable and all that stuff. And when I want things to happen and they're not happening, I'm learning patience, all that stuff. So it's how God does his work. And the very last one, relax and trust. Easier said than done, you might say. But you know what? We all have to get to a point where we can just hand it over to God. You can try to push, shove, work your way through this. some of these things. Sometimes it just doesn't work. You've just got to give it to God. And let him do what he needs to do. He knows what's best for us. And that Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 scripture is one of my all-time favorites. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he'll make your path straight. And if you're going through tough stuff, don't isolate yourself. Worst thing you can do is if you're having trouble is to just pull away from everybody else. This is when you need good friendships and support. Have those closest to you. Join you in praying for breakthrough. So important that we have close relationships where we can be real. Nathan shared so beautifully about having somebody in his world where he could just download and be real. We don't want to pretend that life's all rosy. And if you're going through stuff, yeah, I talk about keeping your joy, but I want you to be real as well. I want you to be real with people and say, yeah, my marriage is really tough. I would love it if you would join with me in prayer and believing that God can help, help my marriage. As Christians, we should be championing each other on towards success and abundance in every area of our lives. So when we learn to rejoice in the midst of our circumstances, immersing ourselves in God's word, praying and believing the promises of God, you can experience peace in the turmoil. And that's that peace of God that Philippians talks about, which transcends all understanding. But we have a spiritual enemy 
who would love to see you drawn away from being close to God and fulfilling your purposes in God. And if we let the circumstances of life dictate to us, we live our lives like roller coasters. When things are good, we're up. Things are bad, we're down. We go up and down, up and down. And I think that robs us of joy and it robs us of our destiny. I think we've got to become people that can solidly keep walking forward regardless of what comes our way. Because we have a mighty God who strengthens us in the tough stuff. But I reckon all these habits, we require spiritual energy, a determined purpose, a sure stance and a habit of faith. But do you know what? These need to be sharpened in the good times. So when the bad stuff comes, we've got strength to stand. Because sometimes when you're in a trial, you haven't got the emotional energy to put out and learn a lot of new stuff. But if you learn it while the times are good, well, you're in a good position for when tough stuff comes to stand strong. So choosing, believing, abiding and remaining steadfast in our walk with Jesus, regardless of the trial, sees us break through into victory. And that's what we want. We want victory. We are overcomers. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. Don't you love that? 1 Peter 5.10. After you've suffered a little while. God knew we were going to suffer. But he said he will restore us and make us strong, firm and steadfast. So that's one great promise you can hang on to. Before I get Lynn up, I've got one more quote, and I love this. It says this, The time of testing that distinguishes and greatly enriches a person's spiritual career is not an ordinary one, but a period when it seems as if all hell was set loose. And we're about to talk to Lynn, and I reckon that's a great opener into her life. So if we could have the stools brought up, and why don't you give Lynn a great hand as she comes. Okay, we're just going to have a chat, okay? It's just like we're in the lounge room together and um, we're going to have a bit of a chat. So for those of you that don't know Lynn, this is the beautiful Lynn Hay. She is a dear friend of mine and all of us and she's been part of Bay Life now for a long, long time, pretty well much from the beginning. Um. And she's been through an interesting time in the last few years. So I'm going to do a bit of a... I'll ask her a few questions. And I'm not being rude if I butt in. We already have an agreement that I would just would like to steer her in a particular way. But Lynn, for those of he, people here today that don't know you, a little bit of a brief um, yeah, story. just like to thank everyone that I've invited for coming today. It's absolutely amazing. Um, you, hear, you think you're here to listen to me, but actually God has brought you here for a divine appointment. Whether you believe that or not, it is a fact. <laughs> you're not here by accident. Um, another little thing I'd like to share. <laughs> Robin and a lot of people here know me. Where's Katie Lev? <laughs> um, for me to be up here is an absolutely a miracle because... I would never come up here. Katie Lav said last week, I'll verify it. Lynn will never speak up here. We've had a few occasions when I've come up and I've felt sick. Even at our old church, I was supposed to do a communion message and I rang in sick because I felt so sick. I am not sharing communion. And it was true. I felt sick with nerves. But God's done in the last six weeks. 
He's an amazing thing. That fact that I'm sitting here talking to you today is a sign of wonder, I said to Greg, because this just doesn't happen, does it, Robbie? So, um, uh, what I'd like to share... So, two and a half... Well, actually, 25 years ago when I was pregnant with Travis, I found a lump on my head and it turned out to be melanoma and we had it off and thought I'd be fine. Had my 10 years of um, checking up and it came good. But then, two and a half years ago... Um, I found a lump on the back of my leg and I went to the doctors, uh, had, you know, had it removed. And on the 19th of February 2014, which was my birthday, and so I had all my friends over and we're celebrating my birthday, waiting for the phone call from the surgeon whether this was going to be malignant or benign. So we waited till 7 o'clock and finally the phone call came. And he said, yes, you've got metastatic melanoma, you've got numerous tumours, rah, 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 and um, this is not good. Okay. So all the family came out onto the deck and I said to them, okay, we're going to be dealing with something different here. But I'd just like to point this out. What happened in that time after that phone call? Chelsea and I both got deep in our spirit and excitement. How can a diagnosis like that give you excitement? We knew from that minute, wow, God, you are going to do something amazing with this. And we love the excitement of God, don't we, honey? We're like, wow. And I said to the boys, our lives are about to go in a different direction. God has got a plan for this. So, um, so as time went on, I was given basically three months to live. Two and a half years ago, I have not had. In this time, I've had. We worked out the other night at least sixty-five blood tests. Sometimes I'm having two a day. My bloods have come back, everyone perfect. I have no physical, <laughs> as you can see, <laughs> physical um, problems. The doctors are pretty. Like when I go there, they look at me like, oh, "You're so healthy. You're so awesome." Like, well, you know, I mean, God's he's in His plan. Um, so time's gone on and we've managed, I've gone, we've gone on overseas holidays and on the night I got that diagnosis, I said to God, what do I do? And he said, do what you know to do. Now what I knew to do was to get into the word and just believe every healing scripture I could find. I came up here, I came down, I had the surgery and I was quite in a lot of pain sitting there and then for those that you were here, do you remember I came up here that day and um, just we were playing Darling Check's um, Victor's Crown song and I stood up there with my arms open wide to God because I, in the scripture where he said, I just wanted to touch the hem of his garment where the woman, a woman um, came to the Lord and he said, um, your faith is, your do- uh, my daughter, your faith has made you well. Well, I just believe, well, I'm your daughter and you'll make me well. And I stood up there. But at the end of that time, Greg said, Lynn, is there anything you'd like to share? And it was really strange because only one word came out and the word was rejoice. And I thought, well, that's a bit weird. I don't know what that was all about. And it's taken up until now to find this out. So time's gone on and um, that doctor had said to me, uh, there's nothing we can give you. I asked him, could you know, could I go overseas? What drug can I get? Oh, well, if you get one, it's going to cost you $100,000 and it's actually not going to work on you. Just go, oh. And then he proceeded to say to us, but you're going to go to Sydney and have this cyber knife uh, treatment on your head. 
and rah, rah, rah. Well, Chelsea and I, he didn't like us being in that room. Chelsea said, well, what about people that get healed? My mum's about to get healed. And he was like, oh, you mean the one in 90, what is it, one in 99 that go into spontaneous, rem- one in a thousand going to spontaneous remission? And Chelsea said, oh, you mean they have a healing miracle? Well, he couldn't get us out there quick enough. And he was so angry. He's like, we haven't done the paperwork. You've been here an hour and a half. We have to do this paperwork. And I just said, I'm sorry, we're leaving. And Chelsea said, but we'll be back when mum's healed. And we are going back. Yes, we are going back. So along this journey, you have had treatment. I did. I ended up... Yep. I'd just like to say, so <clears throat> what the prayer was from all my ladies here and this church, actually, Linnea Osley, Osler, Osler, handed me a little booklet. She said, I was at Kurong Bookshop the other day, Lynn, and I found this book on communion by Joseph Prince. And he said, get that book. Someone's going to need it. And she thought, oh, Really? And the next week, I told her what had happened. She said, this is for you. So Elle and I started taking communion every day at home. But um, I didn't. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I have wonderful doctors. I don't have a problem with the medical profession. But I believed I was only going in the direction the Lord would tell me to go. Our, prayer has, our constant prayer has been, Lord, make the path straight where you will have me go. So through word of mouth, through people, I've ended up in Melbourne on those tablets that weren't going to work, that were going to cost the 100 grand, for $80. And <laughs> two and a half, oh, and, and if they had have worked, you might have got a couple of months. And they won't work on brain tumours, that's definitely not going to work. Two and a half years, and where do they work the best? On the noggin. <laughs> so... We got a very long time out of that. We went to Melbourne every month, um, which was great because a lot of my friends came with them. When we go shopping, we go to the theatre. And, and, but I have to say, look, honestly, I am very blessed going through this. God has made this very easy for me to go through because it's an expensive disease to have. And my heart breaks. What about a single mother who's got children and, and couldn't afford to go there and have this treatment? Like, what, what happens in that case? So I feel very, very blessed. So, like I said, no doctor sent me there. That was through... Oh, that was a very, very low, <laughs> low point. Um, we tried to go to a clinic in Mexico and one in Colorado or something. They both said, no, we can't take you. You're beyond help. So that was a very, very hard day for Chelsea and Donna. That was kind of our lowest point. Within hours... Al rang and said, oh, I've been talking to a lady blah, 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 on this job. And she said, tell your wife to watch Insight from two weeks ago. And blah, blah, this lady's got the same thing. That's oh, how we ended up in Melbourne. And so I thought this professor now will be inundated, will never get an appointment. And somehow Donna, where are you, Donna? Donna said, Donna's so good at admin. She said, we've got a, Chelsea's got a new baby. So Donna said, can I take over? Well, she did. And it was only within hours I got a text saying your appointment with Grant MacArthur is on Wednesday thank you Jesus yes I'll only stop you there because I've got we got so much more to say it was quite miraculous how Lynn ended up in Melbourne the treatment was just brand new trials have come your way everything that shouldn't have happened has happened and she's been very diligent in following the medical but all through that whole journey 
All I hear is not the medical procedure, how good God is. God's taken me here. God's showing me this. God's doing this. So God's getting all the glory, but using the wonderful medical profession that we have. So rather than, we don't want to camp at the medical side of it. I want to keep moving forward. There's been, I've been walking through this journey with Lynn, and she's the most inspiring person I know. I go to her house, and I come away full of faith and inspired by her her. Um, courage and walk with God. So there's been a few outstanding things for me that I've watched Lynn really grow in. And just briefly, tell us a little bit about the fear, the fear thing. Well, I had, well, was grown up with fear. I had fear. My whole life was full of fear. That's how I actually became a Christian because I was looking for the truth because I couldn't stand living in fear. But back in the um, beginning of this, I, I used to get like, it was full on like an internal anxiety attack every like 15 minutes oh, this fear would come upon me so he, he healed me of that I've, that has never happened again in, the, in this whole two years that has never come into my body again it's just gone, dealt with that was a massive breakthrough like the physical thing that would happen my friends can, can, and family can tell you about this fear was something that I noticed that um Lynn and I went to Africa many years ago on a mission trip and I saw the fear grip hold of her and stop her from doing things that I believe that God wanted her to do. So I knew fear had gripped her heart and um, over this journey I've watched that fear totally be gone. And look, she wouldn't be here today. If, if you let fear rule your life, it robs you of the things God has for you. So fear is one of those things that has broken through. And fear and faith can't coexist one will control the other. So I, I feel like faith has certainly controlled that. Um, there's been... Tell me a little bit about the peace during okay. the seizure. Okay, so oh, just one thing I'd like to tell you. <clears throat> what happened, I just got this strong, strong feeling from the Lord not to have read any medical reports. Now, it might sound a bit strange. I don't... I have not read one... I have not read a medical report. I have not seen a scan. I do not know anything about... If you want, uh, if you want, even, if you want to know any details, Donald will give you the details. I don't, I don't know how big things are and whatever. It does have... Has held no interest in me whatsoever. I just chose... I will not um, read a medical report. I will just go on God's report. I'll be in the Word. Now, that might seem like I'm in denial, but as um, Bill Johnson had on the other night, faith does not deny a problem's existence... It denies it a place of influence. It is not going to influence my life or my relationship with God. So I give God 100%. Yes, I still have good medical profession. But like I said, my, I couldn't give you a medical report in my house. And I know one. I, I have never seen one. I, don't, I have no interest because it will get in my head. The enemy will use it. Well, what about this? What about that? So I choose. I would just choose to believe the promises of God. It might sound a bit crazy, but it's worked. <laughs> it's working. So what happened, um, the, so after two and a half years, the tablets, um, they stopped working because your body, the tumours kind of start to get a little bit smart and, oh, yeah, we can come against these tablets. So, so we had booked a beautiful holiday to go overseas to Canada and recently, and then we had a change. My doctor said, oh, so, but, so now we're finished in Melbourne, again, through a plumber. Can you believe? Not a doctor. Told us about the number one melanoma institute in the world is in Crow's Nest in Sydney. Oh, okay. 
no doctor again, let's get an appointment there. And I have met the most positive, positive young doctor that you could ever imagine. I looked at him, I thought, mm, did you just leave school last year? Because he actually looks really, really young. He is, and Tash has met him and Chelsea and Donna and he's just the most um, positive, positive guy, which I need positive people around me like that. So I'm in an awesome place there. So we're going along well and he said, look, you're in awesome health and I want to keep you like that. That's why we were able to go to Greece last year and all this. So just before we were about to go to Canada, I had a, um, a PET scan and he said, hmm, Lynn, things have changed a little. The tablets have stopped working and you now have another hmm, five... I call them weeds. I've grown. Okay. Well, did that phase me? No, I just think, well, Lord, you just, that's just growing the testimony bigger and bigger. Um, and uh, he said there could be a lot of... Uh, and so he said, well, how about we go on this trial for this immunotherapy? That was the, the thing that he was really pushing for. It's a trial, a brand new one for brain metastases. He, know, he knows as much. Like he said, he's as in dark of it as me. But if it can help one person, if this drug is going to be, you know, become available, I'll be part of it. So <laughs> he said, of course, when he gave me the, the side effects, you get like this, and I just throw them straight in the bin because they have no interest in me. What I said was, tell me if there's anything really drastic I need to look out for, and he gave me two. Okay, fine, look out for those two. Haven't had them. Because of all your prayers and the ladies' prayers, have I, I've not had a side effect, except my hair has changed. I used to have straight hair. Now we've got this tile. <laughs> That's a funny thing. Okay, so the tablets have stopped working and we've gone straight into the immunotherapy on this trial. But six weeks ago, I was at home by myself. We have a new puppy and I took her down to give her a bath. While she was at the tub, I had a very, very strange sensation. And the only way I can describe it is, was if a snake was under my skin and came up through my... Um, neck, like a massive snake and I, my brain knew there was no snake under my skin obviously but I ripped my jumper off, the pups jumped out, so as I knelt down to get a towel for the puppy I was in total confusion because my, my arm on this side would not move and I was stuck on the floor and I'm thinking what's going on? It took me a while to work out this arm's not moving oh I thought I've had a stroke that's what have happened, I've had a stroke so somehow I dragged myself out of the laundry to call James, my son, 16-year-old son James, who was in the shower. But he had his music in the shower so loud, he didn't hear mum screaming. So then I thought, well, if I scream, my neighbour, scream, scream, scream like a banshee, well, Ken's going to come running in. Nope, no one came. So I managed to drag myself to the, um, over to the staircase. I don't know why I had to drag the arm over. And then I thought, what are you doing? Why aren't you calling on Jesus? So I just started to scream the name of Jesus. Now we have, you know, like two flights of stairs. Next minute, I don't know. Oh, my fear was James would come out of the shower and I've had a stroke and he's going to find me dead on the floor. That's what I was thinking. Next minute, somehow I'm at the top of the stairs with my phone in my hand. I don't know what happened there. Supernatural angels, I guess, I hope, carried me up the stairs. I rang an ambulance and I rang my brother who was a pastor. I said, get here now. I've had a stroke. <laughs> so in the meantime James has come upstairs I'm saying James open the door the ambos are coming he's like what do you mean the ambos I just open the door I've had a stroke it didn't look like there's anything wrong with me of course and the ambulance they've come in and said oh well your obs are fine like I don't know what do you want us to do and so I try to explain to them something's happened to me it's not right 
So they said, okay, we'll take to the polyclinic. Once we got to the polyclinic, the doctor wasn't sure what had happened. But while we were there, I had, Travis was there and my brother and Al <clears throat> and a few others were in the waiting room. And then I said, oh, here it goes again. There goes my arm and this same thing. But it wasn't as intense, but it was, this, it was as if I had a hot knitting, knitting needle pushing into a nerve. And I couldn't, I was writhing on the bed. I could not escape from that pain. And then, this is where, and then a lady had come into the next cubicle who was having cardiac arrest. She must have thought a exorcism was going on over here because my brothers, we're all praying and I'm screaming out to Jesus, you get out of me, devil, this thing you brought. We're all praying in the spirit. I don't know what these people thought. <laughs> so in the midst of that, this is what I'm trying to explain. It. So we talk about the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I've thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's a piece of God. You know, it's a nice thing and, and that. But while that was happening, I got this whole new revelation. I saw like an anchor in, my, in here in my spirit. And I just kept seeing this underlying peace, even though around us was chaos. But this peace came into me and I'm like, what is this, Lord? This just feels amazing. Like, I don't understand. He said, this is the peace that surpasses all understanding. This is my peace. So I'm like, oh, what a relief. Yes, I was still in pain and, and we were in a mess, but I got such a new revelation of that peace. It was in the storm. It didn't come in the happy, going to have a coffee, I'm having a great day. That depends on your circumstance. This was a real thing and God showed me. And so I just honed in on that thinking, well, thank you, Lord. You're in charge. This is awesome. I need not worry. Fantastic. And I got a little bit cranky and said to the boys, if you ever, ever blame God, God has not brought this sickness to me. It's the enemy. If you ever blame God for this and I go, I'll, be back. I'll come back from the grave and I'll be after you. <laughs> because you cannot give. This is not from God. It's from the enemy. Can I interrupt you there? Yeah. Um, fantastic. Um, so that's a few of the things that God's been doing in you. Mm-hmm. See, how, see how God's been working in her, maturing her, completing yep. her. Just what that scripture says, through all this stuff, she's got rid of the fear that she felt really held her back, mm-hmm. a peace that she's never known before, no. a joy, a joy that she's never experienced. Like It just doesn't make sense no. that you get a diagnosis like that, yet she's living more oh, powerfully, absolutely. more joyfully. Oh. And... Um, I am going to have to wrap it up. But yep. just at the moment, um, Lynn's on fire, any of you that have spoken <laughs> to her. So tell us just a, just a little bit about well, what you think God's doing in you now. Like you're, you're journaling your life and you're interceding yes. in prayer. I'd just like to stuff. share a scripture from yep. Psalm fifty fifteen, And this is what I have been doing for a long time. Trust me in your times of trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me glory. I'm here to give God the glory. Today is not about Lynn Hay or what is... And I said to the Lord, make me invisible, Lord, but if you can impart, Holy Spirit, if you can impart this into someone else, it's all been worth it. And I had a conversation with God last week. He said, okay, if you'd like to go back the two and a half years, and I gave you the miraculous... See, I had... my, My thing was, I'm going to be up here and have the before and after scans. But I would come up here like terrified because in Psalms it said, oh, you'll get up there in the congregation and tell him what he's done. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. But I ha- that's gone. Yeah, look at me, I'm up here. Yeah, yeah. People know this does not happen to me. So we've stuck with these scriptures. 
and then the joy. So I ended up in the Marta for two nights just to get check, get on some anti-seizure drugs and check if they were okay. But while I was in the hospital, I always thought the joy, you know, it sounds like happy, happy times again. This joy started to grow in my, in, inside me to the point where I have said to kids, I think I'm kind of, you know, on this Jesus high and it's not going anywhere and it's the best drug you could have because it doesn't wear off and it doesn't cost anything and it's no side effects. <laughs> and I never wanted to leave. And so when the Lord said, would you like to go back two years? I'll give you that miraculous healing and you can get up here and have your before and after scans or do you want to continue where we are? And I said, no way I want to go back that. Take me deeper, Holy Spirit. Just keep bringing this on. If one person can get healed out of this, so be it. And the other thing I'd like to say, because I'm a Christian, I'm in a win-win situation. If the Lord keeps me here, I win. If he takes me home, I win. And this is where we all need to be. I can, and as a lot of people in this room can tell you, that they know, that they know, that they know where they will spend eternity. And I know. I'm win-win. So how easy is that? Beautiful. Fantastic. Um, we had, we've got an anchor here. We had Adele draw us up a little anchor. Um, Lynn had a drawing she showed me. And she said, I feel like... Um, God showed me a little bit about that, the anchor. So to finish, this is the last thing we'll talk about. It's just that, that the rope on the anchor. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was looking out of the window recently and um, it was a really windy day. Like We've had these westerlies and all the yachts out the front of our house, are, um, they were all like really copping and beating from the westerly winds. And I was looking at them and I felt the Lord say, oh, well, they're my people. You can imagine these are my people. And I thought, oh, yeah. And then I said, well, what happens... You know, and they, they're all anchored, that's good. And, you know, a small anchor can hold a big vessel. Well, the anchor is Jesus, isn't it? He's our anchor. He talks about that. And then I said, but Lord, what about when they come adrift in a storm? What happens then? And he said, well, they come adrift, and but we can restore that and we can, you know, go back out and you re, reassess everything. And then he showed me how is the anchor joined to the yacht? And I said, well, it's joined by a chain, isn't it? He said, yes, but what is that chain? That chain is your faith. That is the chain. And he said, how is your chain? Is it in good maintenance? Are you exercising it? We're told that faith is a muscle and where to exercise it. Is your chain rusty? So when a storm comes, you're going to break free. You've got to maintain your faith in your chain. Keep working at the faith. If you come adrift, it's okay. Storms will come. It may not be sickness. It might be anything. Like Robin's been saying today, there's so many things. And so, as and then I, so I've been through a storm, but it's been the best, the most exhilarating thing that's ever happened to me. And then he showed me the next day it was dead calm, and I said, "Oh Lord, that's nice, but it's kind of a bit boring out there, isn't it?" I'm thinking, I don't want to stay in the safe harbour. I want to go back out. And experience, get to get closer to you. You know, it's the storms that do it that make us a better. And I had a, a picture of a sailing ship that said, "Calm seas don't make good sailors." So if you want to build your faith, you don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what your diagnosis might be next week. It could be trying to pay your electricity bill. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be about an illness. But I just thought that was a lovely story. So I'm not wanting to say, in the, yes, it's nice to come back and re but 
Lord, take me out, show me, teach me. It's exhilarating times to be in the, in the storm because he's with me. Absolutely. So give her a great hand. We've got these little anchor pictures. Um, we decided, we asked Adele to draw us up this little picture. And I've got about, there's quite a lot of them here. I'm going to put them on the front desk. And if you'd like to just take one, and you can colour it in. Colouring in's all the craze at the moment. Yeah, it's, got the, it's got the couple of key scriptures there, and it talks about faith and hope. Put it on your fridge, and maybe you'll just, you know, God will do something big in that, just reminding you. So um, do you want to pray, or do you want me to take it from here? Okay. Lynn would really love to pray for anyone today, so... Okay, so everyone stand up if you would. Oh, so, as I said, you're all here today by divine appointment. Whether you believe that or not, that's fine. Uh, whether you believe God exists or not, doesn't change the fact that he does. Um, took me a long time to get saved. I came kicking and screaming. It wasn't easy. My family didn't speak to me for years. You know what? If I'd have said I'd become a Buddhist, it would have been, oh, cool, she's a Buddhist, don't worry about that. Oh, no, she's become a fruity one of those religious born-again spirit Christians. My brother and sister-in-law made a pact. Two years, wouldn't come near me. See, if this thing wasn't real, why? Why could they not tolerate to be around me? But I'd like to say, they're now pastors. <laughs> They've been pastors for years. My father... He, told, he brought me up telling me there was no God. He had suffered in England in poverty and at the hands of... Don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not coming against the Catholic Church, but he suffered at the hands of Catholic priests. So he taught my brother and I there is no God. And we spent a lot of time in the occult with my grandmother. So I had a, a, an idea of the spirit realm. It wasn't good, things that we got into. So Wayne's here today, 23 years, when I gave, accepted Jesus into my heart. Um, he just changed he's just an American changed my life hasn't he all my family have become saved and you know if you're praying for someone and you think oh they're so hard they're never going to get this you know what I find the ones that put up the biggest fights they'll fall the hardest God will get them you pray for radical salvation not just oh Lord get them saved and that's how I've always prayed for people the other thing with why we're called born again Christians because the um, Bible clearly states Jesus said Yes, we're born of our human, you know, human ways, but we have to be born, born of the Spirit. Um, we're also we're born in sin. Not your fault. You just inherited it. You might think, well, I'm a good person. I haven't committed major sins. I haven't committed, murdered anyone. No, you haven't. But it's just a fact of life. Well, you inherited sin. So all Jesus is saying to you today, he's got his arms open wide to you. He has called you here in this place today. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. He's wanting to change your lives. He's saying, it's a simple prayer away. Okay, so if you'd like to say the prayer, if you want to know this Jesus, if you want to have this most exciting life that you could imagine, it's not all going to be a bed of roses like Robbie said, but you'll have an answer to get you through that. You'll know what to do. So if you'd like to close your eyes, let's just pray this prayer. Let's open your heart to Jesus today. Oh, Lord, let's all say this together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you came to this earth to reconcile me to the Father. I am a sinner, Lord, and I ask that you will remove that sin. Your blood that you shed at Calvary that day is removing my sin. 
Yeah. And all he wants is for you. He's holding a gift right in front of your eyes today, a free gift. It's cost you nothing. But unless you open that gift and accept it, you won't have the relationship with God. And you might have gone to church for your life. Um, I think sitting in a maybe a traditional church or sitting in a, church, a car, sitting in your garage does not make your car. You know, so you may have had a lot of um, religious input, but do you have that connection? I tried to explain to someone the other day. You can pray and pray and pray, but it's like a light, a, a light. If you haven't pushed it into the power socket, there's no connection. Okay, so let's just believe. If you'd like to ask him today, yes, Lord, come into my life, change as of today. Come, Lord, into my heart. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Saviour. And if you feel that today, that God is knocking on you, if now you're feeling a bit uncomfortable thinking, oh, I just wish you'd be quiet, I'm not liking this, well, that's the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart right now. He's saying, let me in, let me in. He's here to help you today. So give us a wave, be happy about it, rejoice. It says when one, when one is rescued, the angels are about to rejoice in heaven and your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life, never to be removed. He says your sins will be as far as the east from the west. He will never see you as a sinner again. Be covered by the blood. So if you have that feeling, give us a wave, just accept him today. He will change your life. Well done. Father God. Thank you so much for who you are. You are a good, good Father, and we love you. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus for each one of us, Lord. We thank you that we can have victory in you and that we are overcomers. So when the trials and troubles come against us in life, God, we have you as our anchor. Holy Spirit, be our strength, be our joy, be our peace in the times of trial and trouble ahead of us. And we thank you so much. I thank you for what you've done in Lynn's life. I thank you for the great testimony that she is to you, God. And I thank you for the future. Whatever that looks like, God, I thank you that you are going to receive all the glory, Lord God. And there's power in the blood of Jesus and the power of one's testimony. And that's what we've heard today, God, the testimony of a life changed by the power of you, our mighty God. And we love you and praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.